Welcome to the Open to Hope show. I'm your host, Dr. Gloria Horsley, with my co-host and daughter. Dr. Heidi Horsley. This show is brought to you by the Open to Hope Foundation, as well as in partnership with the Compassionate Friends. Well, Heidi, we are going to talk about honoring grief today, and one of the things that we're going to talk about is not being overwhelmed by grief, which I think is going to be an important topic. And you want to introduce our guest? Sure, I'd love to, Mom. Our guest today is Alexandra Kennedy, and Alexandra is a psychotherapist and author of the books Honoring Grief, Creating a Space to Let Yourself Heal, Losing a Parent, The Infinite Thread, Healing Relationships Beyond Loss, and How Did I Miss All This Before?, waking up to the magic of our ordinary lives. She offers a unique perspective to grieving through her work with the imagination, weaving together case histories, practical advice, and experiential exercises. Alexander has been interviewed by numerous radio and newspaper publications, and she is an adjunct faculty member of John F. Kennedy University. Welcome to our show, Alexandra. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. It's really great to have you on. And I love the idea about honoring grief and uh, creating space and those kind of things. I know uh, we talked a little earlier before about how grief can be overwhelming to the point where sometimes uh, people, after that initial shock, I think, maybe want to put it away. But then that creates problems for them, right? It's difficult, you know, when, when the intensity of grief begins to emerge and uh, often the feelings are overwhelming. Uh, So a lot of my work has been to help people find strategies for grieving without feeling overwhelmed. And the key is to somehow find a way that they can go deep enough to heal because you don't heal grief if you stay on the surface. You have to go down. You have to go deep. And one of the primary ways is to create a sanctuary a place that you can go and allow for the grief to just show up as it is, that you come every day for maybe 10, 20 minutes, not long, and um, turn toward the grief, allow it to emerge, allow yourself to feel the feelings, because really it's through the feelings that we heal, not through trying to figure out the grief or try to understand why something happened. And then turning toward your everyday life after you finish that sanctuary time, that 10 to 20 minutes each day. That creates a container for the grief, and it allows for you to meet the grief without feeling that you're going to be overwhelmed by it and you're going to drown in it. And people begin to find a rhythm of going in and going out and going in and going out. And they start to have the confidence that they can grieve, and they show up for the grief every day. So that's one of the first ways. Alexandra, I want to stop you for a minute because I think this is so important. I love that you are putting a time frame around this and, like you said, creating a container where you Mm -hmm. go, you turn towards the grief for 10 to 20 minutes, you feel it, and then you stop it so that you don't become overwhelmed. Now, I know a lot of our listeners out there who are right now feeling very overwhelmed and afraid to go into it are wondering not how do I do that, but how do I stop it? after 10 or 20 minutes. And do you have any ideas on on what that looks like and how to do that? It's Mm -hmm. it's beginning to show your psyche that you can go deep enough to heal, that you can turn toward the grief, that you can experience the grief, and you can let it go. Because grieving is really a process of letting go, and people tend to associate grief with going into this feeling and then just getting stuck in it. So literally, it's kind of training yourself that, okay, you've come to the end of that period of time that you're going to sit with a grief that day, and now you go and have a cup of tea or you take a walk or you call a friend. You literally kind of find the things that can turn your energy 
people don't tend to do well with, you know, trying to go into grief and closing all the blinds and um, grieving for days at a time. Um, they tend to, you know, shut down, and then you can't even access the grief at a certain point. You know, this is part of, you know, kind of finding a, a limited, contained time. It's almost like finding your own cocoon for grieving and then letting it go, stepping outside that, returning to your everyday life. People actually find that they can go back to school, they can go to work, they can deal with their children if they are, you know, allowing for this process of grieving to happen for short periods and then letting it go. One of the problems, I think, for people is that other family members, other people think that you are going to get stuck in your grief. I mean, they can't deal with the intensity of where you are. And I like this because you could explain to people, you know, I do this and I'm able to come out of it. I don't get stuck in there. I mean, people are afraid to let people have the process, you know, give them a drink, give them a pill. But people will go in and out naturally, too. Yes, it's a natural, it's a natural process, actually. You're right. I think a lot of grieving is, is learning strategies for grieving and then gaining confidence that you can grieve. And that actually, when you grieve, you do heal. And um, over time, when people are working with these strategies, they get more and more confidence because, you know, we go through different losses, and some of those losses are huge, like, you know, the loss of a child. Um, other losses may be smaller, but, you know, we will continue to have losses, and if we can get that confidence in our grieving process, then we're able to meet life fully. Mm -hmm. You know, we interviewed uh, on our television show Jill Craft Thompson. She wrote a book called Finding Jill. She lost her two children, her husband, her sister-in-law, her mother in a horrendous automobile accident that she was in. And one of the most interesting things to me about that whole show was that Jill said that she set apart this grieving time, which is what you're exactly what you're talking about. That's how she learned to control her life again. And... She had a fabulous therapist, and that was part of her grieving. I think she said she did five hours a day for a while. In that five hours was an hour with her therapist. I had a client mm -hmm. who lost um, her whole family in a plane crash, and um, I saw her 11 years after she had gone through that that tragedy. And um, she was very still you know, completely overwhelmed and had made a lot of decisions in her life that showed you know, how she had basically tried to cope with um, a grief that was unresolved. But as she started to grieve it, she basically just took one family member at a time and sat with that family member in the sanctuary until she felt like she had come to some place of peace with them. And then she would come to the next family member. And that way she was able to actually grieve the whole family. Before that, she thought, it's impossible. I can't deal with the whole family. I, I lost too much. I love this, Alexander, because I see clients, I see so many times when they've had multiple loss, they'll say, I'm grieving, but I have no idea who it's for because I'm so overwhelmed. That's right. So I love That's the idea right. of setting the intention of grieving one person and focusing on that one person for a set yeah. period of time. And then the in interesting thing is as people go through, you know, kind of this process of, of uh, grieving, they often come back to themselves and that, in essence, um, at the end of it all, we're really grieving for ourselves. We're grieving for all those unlived right. moments. We're grieving for all that we haven't been able to, uh, the ways we haven't been able to love, the ways that we've you know, let ourselves down, the ways we haven't lived our lives fully. And um, that's part of the grieving process, too. 
is to sit and just to feel, you know, that place where we've kind of, um, you know, we're grieving ourselves and our own capacity to live fully. Now, I wanted to ask you, what would the sanctuary look like? Okay, I want to create a sanctuary. Do people have different ways that they do it? And, and what is your thought? Now you're talking about having a picture there. You know, how does it look? So finding a space in your house, um, like a corner of your bedroom or a bedroom that ha- isn't being used, a guest room, um, some corner, you know, where you're not going to be disturbed and um, where you have, you know, you've created a, a little bit of an altar which is dedicated to your grief and there you have, you know, maybe some objects or candle, maybe flowers and a picture of your loved one. Finally, I'm able to be just as I am. I'm able to be with whatever is here in, in me right now. I don't have to change anything. I don't have to try to be any different than I am. I'm just going to meet the grief where it is and allow it to move through me. So you kind of experiment until you find a place that you can be really comfortable. And then, um, and then just kind of closing your eyes, feeling what's going on in your body because your body is really telling you about what's going on in the grief process. It's not, you know, just a mental experience. It's very much a body experience. So, you know, where am I feeling tight? Where am I feeling loose? Where, where is the grief residing in my body right now? And then allowing that to begin to move through you, whatever feelings are there. And then um, maybe opening your eyes and looking at that picture. It's a wonderful experience to kind of sit and look at that loved one you've lost because it's a reminder that you've lost them. Um, it takes time for that kind of that loss to kind of sink in. And going to the sanctuary every day is a way of saying, I'm sitting here, I'm sitting here because I'm grieving, I'm sitting here because I've just lost this person, and I'm sitting here because I'm, I'm being with the grief. And I like the way you talk about it being physical, because I just think we forget that, that it is a physical experience as well as a mental. Well, literally, um, grief, when grief happens, if you kind of start to kind of feel it, you know, in your body, when you go through, you know, a, a, a grief hits you, there's a dropping of energy. It drops us into kind of our core. And so, you know, part of the grieving process is allowing yourself to drop down into that grief in your belly, in your heart, and to experience it um, at that physical level where the emotions are, you know, starting to surge through. Mm-hmm. And not being afraid of that and knowing that you can come out of it. A wonderful um, metaphor that I've used a lot, um, which I think really um, encapsulates what happens with grief, is what happens to the um, caterpillar. Um, when the caterpillar, you know, begins to weave its cocoon around itself, um, because it's about to go through this process of major transformation, but at the point that that cocoon is completed, the caterpillar goes into a state of DNA soup. It's no longer a caterpillar that's inside that cocoon, nor is it a butterfly. It's a DNA soup that's completely broken up into its DNA parts. So that's what happens when we're grieving. We become literally like a DNA soup. We have to have a container to hold us so that something new could be recreated. And in that process of that container, um, we do go through a transformation. I mean, grief, I think, is probably one of the most transformative experiences we have as human beings. It changes us utterly. We'll never go back to who we were. We're changed completely. Boy, that's a great metaphor, isn't it, Heidi? It absolutely is. 
and and there people describe that feeling of um you know that they've just dissolved that they don't know who they are anymore nor do, nor do mm-hmm. they know who they will become and they're in this kind of right. state of in between um but mm-hmm. what we need like a waiting room state is a container we need a uh, a safe place to hold us while we're going through that very vulnerable and very raw state yeah because that's very scary before we've kind of transformed our loss it's yeah. such a scary place. We don't recognize our life, and we can't envision a life without our loved one. And I love right. putting a container around that space until we've moved on to the next chapter, basically. And it really gets tough. I mean, I've had parents call me in the second year saying, I feel like I'm going crazy. I feel like you know, I'm losing it, and, and reassuring them that they're not. It's, it's part of, I guess, you know, this soup idea. It, it is a scary thing to move into that. But the transformation is amazing, and I see it with so many bereaved parents over over the years so through the Compassionate Friends, seeing them emerge as, as butterflies and as people who have compassion and helping and, and really transformed it. it. It's pretty amazing. One of the, one of the I've been working with a couple who um, uh, go to the Compassionate Friends meetings, and they've done that since their son died, and, and I've been working with them for oh, about two year, over two years now. They really, you know, kind of um, dedicated themselves to communicating and really working with their grief, both, you know, as they were experiencing separately and also how they could hold it together. Particularly the mother, um, who's, you know, her whole life had been her mothering, and she really prided herself with her mothering and lost her 16-year-old son. And um, she uh, worked very hard, and um, after a couple years, I remember her coming in and saying, you know, I was walking down the street, and something amazing happened to me the other day. She said, I was walking, and I've been wondering, you know, what what is my purpose in life now? Because, you know, my purpose had been really just mothering. And um, I, can't, I can't hold on to that anymore. And she said, I was looking at all these people walking past me, and suddenly it hit me. She said, what, what, I, what I can bring into the world at this point is compassion. She said, that's what I've learned to hold in myself, and that's what I'm, I can now share with others. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, that was her transformation, was to understand that, you know, she is now, you know, kind of an agent of compassion because of the huge loss that she went through that she didn't even know if she wanted to go on living. And now she's very much engaged in life and um, carrying, you know, that wonderful heart into the world and touching people whenever she goes to a compassionate friends meeting she holds the space for people in a way that very few people can well listen thank you so much for being on the show today and i i just really like what we've been talking about in fact i kind of had the topic of this called uh, honoring grief and now i've changed the title to creating a grieving sanctuary because i think this is really great information don't you heidi yes absolutely it's very very thank important. you So thanks again for being on the show, and we hope to connect with you uh, more and do some more things with you. Thank you. Thanks, Alexandra. Well, Heidi, um, I like this creating a grieving sanctuary so much, and so I hope people will think about creating someplace in their house that could be a sanctuary for them. Uh, setting it up. I know our friend Eric Hippel that we wrote Real Men to Cry with, he had a candle, and he took it down in the basement. Remember that? Absolutely, and he did a lot of this stuff, Mom. He, he'd set 20 minutes aside to go to go into the grief, and then, like Alexander was saying, he'd stop and do something else. 
and mm-hmm. move out of it. So important. Think about your sanctuary where you can do that. Maybe get a picture, you know, set up these times and don't be afraid, as Alexandria said, that you won't be able to come out of it because you will. And grieving can be really tough. If you're early on, let me say in the first few weeks, this may be a little early for you to think about some of these ideas. That's what we love about having guests on and having the radio show. You'll be able to pull this up when you're ready to do this kind of an activity. Well, Mom, and the ironic thing is, is that sometimes when we avoid the grief completely, that's when we become overwhelmed by it. So this is saying visit it. But allow yourself to stop it also after a short period of time. Absolutely. Well, thanks for listening to our show today. And Heidi and I want to remind you that if you've lost hope, please lean on ours till you find your own. And God bless. 